Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Pop Culture Cosmos, PC Multiverse, State of Pro Wrestling, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, could be some tabletop RPG action and more. Go ahead and check it out today right there by subscribing on YouTube. Again, thank you to the over 150,000 people who saw the video already of the Sphere here in Las Vegas. So I am very humbled and appreciative of that. So if you like what you see, Give it a thumbs up, share it, and subscribe today to go ahead and let us know more what you want with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos or a PCC Multiverse without my good friend returning. And I'll tell you what, it's so great to have her back once again. She is the mistress of all that's divine right here for us at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is a good friend indeed. you got to check out what she's doing today at the VNV, the Vampires and Vitae. Also as well, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Go ahead and check out what she's doing on those great channels, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Subscribe today. You'll be glad you did. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and Melinda... Between you being busy and me having car troubles, we haven't been able to put out a regular episode in a little bit. I am so humbled and so glad we got a chance to do so. We got a lot to catch up on for both good and for bad on today's show. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, missed you, buddy. I missed you as well, my friend. You are a pop culture guru, and I always love feeding off the brains of both you and Josh, and I didn't mean that in a zombie-like way, meant as far as the knowledge you might have, so there you go indeed. But on a serious note, I want to start off the show by paying my respects to both the legends of pro wrestling that have passed away earlier today and yesterday in Bray Wyatt, who we thought was coming back to the WWE for a return, but unfortunately due to a fatal heart attack after some circumstances where he had a previous heart attack due to issues from COVID. Unfortunately, he has passed away today. And I know the world of wrestling is really devastated and surprised and and saddened to hear that. Plus they were also saddened by the death of legendary wrestler, Terry Funk at the age of 79. Uh, I do wish both of those families condolences and John Orlando and I next week, we will have a state of pro wrestling honoring both of those individuals and their career. Plus we'll be talking about all in WWE and so much more. So go ahead and check it out this time next week, right here for the state of pro wrestling on the pop culture cosmos. 
I also want to mention some more bad news as well. Oh, dear. Uh, And you're not going to like this one, Melinda, because you said what was going to drive you back to the theater. We've been talking for months now. What is going to drive you back in the theater? Yeah. What would drive you and get you back? What would get you to grab your husband, Robbie Ross, right from the barbecue pit right now? Grab Mm -hmm. him by the arm and say, we're going to the movies. That was going to be. I really thought it was, I really thought it was going to be John Wick and it wasn't. But what did you say on the show? It was going to be Dune part two. That's right. Yeah. Unfortunately, we did hear the news today, but it's been long rumored. I actually prepped my wife for this for several weeks because the rumors were out there. It was actually from reliable sources. Warner brothers did confirm that they are moving Dune part two to March. Plus also as well, Lord of the Rings, the animated War of the Rohirrim. I believe that is moving to December of next year as well. So both of those films are being pushed back to 2024, relating to the issues of the ongoing actors and writers guild strikes. So trying to find content that they can go ahead and put at the first half or even second half of next year because they feel that they're going to be backed up with a lot of projects that are not going to be able to show off until 2025. So I guess they're covering their bets on that. Nothing that they are producing in the month of December in regards to Aquaman and the other two features that they have, Wonka and the other feature that they have coming out in December, they have not been moved as of yet, which is kind of strange that they go ahead and move Dune, but not the one three movies that they've got coming in December, but okay, whatever. So, yes, just wanted to go ahead and hit you up with that. But on the good news, I will tell you, though, that Barbie has reached a milestone. It is now the largest and highest grossing film in North America for the year 2023. Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling need to be congratulated on that. They are still about 70-ish million away from being the number one movie around the world ahead of Super Mario Brothers, but that looks like it could be a done deal as well. Your thoughts on Barbie's impending takeover as the number one movie of 2023? You know, I wasn't surprised that the Barbie movie was doing well. I I really wasn't surprised. I am surprised to hear it pulling in those kinds of numbers. That's It's really impressive. It's wonderful. Uh, You know, I, I only think good things about it. But I mean, there it's definitely come to a point where it's outperforming any expectations that I had for it. It barely got beat by a underperforming Blue Beetle. And I was very sad for Josh and, and for the Hispanic community because it was supposed to be uh, something that yeah. likening it to a Black Panther type scenario where where people of a certain community for the first time are represented in true in a, in a superhero movie actually got pretty good ratings. The lead who is from Cobra Kai, he did a sensational job. Everything seemed to be falling together. Uh, Max liked it. As I've said before, previously, it was supposed to be geared as far as a Max only movie, but they decided they liked it so much of Warner brothers. They put it out on the big screen, but unfortunately it did, it did get number one, but it fell on the shorter end and it's probably just going to go ahead and fade on out in a, very rapid fashion so i'm sorry to hear that that's going to be the case but it looks like for all intents and purposes that up until unless we see something out maybe in december it looks like barbie will be the number one movie of the year when it's all said and done i would say so do you suppose warner brothers will pull out any of those movies that they've shelved not warner brothers sorry dc but only the batgirl movie 
Well, do you think that that will see the light of day if, if the writer's well, if the case, goes too long? Well, they might. That's a good question. Excellent question. If they do so, Warner Brothers does, they do have to pay the taxes on it, which is the reason why they did that in the first place. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They get, they get a kickback for right. not bringing it out uh, right. as far as on their taxes. But if they do bring it out, those taxes get hidden. But if they don't have enough content, you could very well be seeing that. So yeah. excellent point indeed. And that's something that, you know, I think that Don Fobbs and I will be talking a little bit more about is how the strike is affecting shows. So we definitely will be talking about that in our upcoming TV appearance that she will be making here in the not too distant future as we go ahead and have a TV report from her. But a lot of great stuff coming down the pike, my friend. But last but not least, before we hit the news, National Cinema Day. Okay, if Dune Part 2 doesn't get you into theaters because it's not coming out until next year. Right. How about a $4 movie? I mean, because North North American theaters all around the country are going to celebrate National Cinema Day with four dollar movies, and not just regular movies, not just out of print movies. We're talking first run movies, movies that debut this weekend, and IMAX movies as well. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe I don't know if I have time, but maybe. Okay. Yeah. Just letting you know. Yeah. No, maybe I'm for not. a late night feature for you and the hubby. Mm-hmm. That would be so fun. That. That's a great idea. And then we can go for ice cream after. Yes. There you maybe, go. Maybe, and get some, maybe get some fat burger. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's not like in Las Vegas. We're not open 24 hours in yeah, a lot of places. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think just put out there. I will tell you, get your tickets ahead of time. Mm. Um, and if you do go through Fandango, they do charge a buck more, buck and a half more, just to let you know the convenience fees. But if you go straight right. to theaters, it's four bucks. So enjoy it. Sunday. National Cinema Day. Nice. Shows are $4 for anything. Whether you're going to see Barbie, Oppenheimer, like I'm going to go ahead and catch up on, Mission Impossible, doesn't matter. Or even the new releases coming out or the new releases that just came out. National Cinema Day. Please support the cinema by going back to the box office. $4. And also $4 combos as well. So go ask for in many of these locations. So go ahead and check out your local theater today and sign up and get some tickets for Sunday for National Cinema Day, indeed. But before we head to the break, my friend, I wanted to hit you up with one more last thing before we get into Ahsoka and Gamescom and Atari 2600 Plus, because everything has to have a plus. Star Trek Day and anything else we want to talk about on today's show. And that is Baldur's Gate three which has come out to pc and it's coming soon to your neck of the playstation woods and playstation mm-hmm. 5 it will be coming later on to xbox series s and x but it has come out like gangbusters and it will be one of the top selling games despite it being only on pc for the month of august it at one time had almost 1 million concurrent users People were going crazy for it. This is a game that's been in development at, in the early access for three years. They finally made it a full-fledged game, put it out there. It has the D&D exact, from what I'm hearing, experience. Not exact experience, but about as good as you can get on a platform as far as yeah. in the PC format. Your thoughts, my friend, on this? It is something which I think that every D&D lover, such as yourself, might want to experience. Yeah, absolutely. And by all the sounds, by the sounds of everybody that I have spoken to who are currently playing the game, it definitely has those roots in D&D and it definitely 
doesn't let you forget it as you're playing the game, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, for better, for worse. Well, for better, for everything that I'm hearing. Well, not if you don't roll, you know, if you roll a few oh. ones, then. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, that that's half the fun at the table, isn't it? Which I which I have done. Yeah, so we both have, really. Yes. I had a whole character arc about her uh, magic not working anymore because my rolls were so bad for like three months. I remember we were playing a Star Wars mercenary game and I had a, a pistol to a guy's head and really directly to his head and I rolled a one and I end up, according to the Dungeons Master, actually putting my arm down and shooting his foot. Or do you remember that one time we were playing, it's this big cliff and everybody just like jumped over and I had to wait for me and I was going to do something all spectacular, all flippy, all just like all showing off and I was running and I was leaping and all of a sudden I'm leaping and I'm about doing my flip. And they, the DM says, rolled yeah. for athletics, got a one, and ended up hitting the wall and just sliding down. I do remember that. I do remember it also being quite funny. So <laughs> Yes, everybody was hysterically <laughs> laughing. And uh, I, I meant to play it up, and it was perfect. I actually was glad I, I rolled that low. But yes, yeah. I just wanted to make sure Baldur's Gate 3, you knew was on your radar. Uh, it is something that, again, as a PC player and soon-to-be PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series, a little bit later on is something that they might get into as well. It has actually garnered huge success. It's got a 97 on Metacritic, one of the highest scoring games of the past decade. Again, it's something I think every D&D fan will love. You are seriously into Diablo. I'm yes. not going to dissuade you on that. You're obviously yeah. having a great time despite all the, the initial great success, then the, whatever they did to piss off their fan base. And then after that, they... They're trying to make make amends and their season of blood is coming and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, my friend, as a D&D individual for both you and Robbie, you might just get hooked on Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, and another thing and another great point, actually, from people uh, who have been playing it is that there there's not microtransactions in it. You don't need to buy any part of the game to and be able to it's a huge ruin. game. It's yeah. huge. It's a wide open world. You can explore. You can go, well, not like totally wild, but I mean, you can you can go pretty wild in the game. And uh, it's uh, it's great to see, you know, a game from a smaller publisher uh, be put up against games like triple A games from these big guys who are just full of bugs and don't worry, we'll fix it in a patch. Don't worry, we'll fix it in a patch. And then this game arrives and it's perfect and it works. It's really, really good. Yes. Yeah. And, but that's that's three years of public beta testing right there for you. That, well, then that's, that's the model. Then that is something that, you know, these triple A game producers should be looking at then. If you if you're not testing your games enough and it's being released with stuff that needs to be patched within the first couple of days of the game because there's a huge flaw that you've known about for months you just didn't bother to fix. Yeah. Come on, do better. Well, I will tell you what though, the voice acting is tremendous from what I've seen. It is, the yeah. graphics are stellar for like you said for a developer who has just stayed within the Baldur's Gate realm uh and and just stayed within that realm and they've they are or they were not considered, like you said, a AAA developer or publisher. Yeah. They are now getting very close to that, if not already in that limelight with this title, because it is absolutely sold like gangbusters. It is, you know, we thought this year already was just going to be so great. And, and I know a lot of people are already calling it the best video game year ever. I still will not, because unless 
these games this year, all of them will leave an imprint that so many of the games of 2007 did. I will still rank 2007 ahead of it, but on sheer quality as far as critical scores and critical hails as far as from an audience, I may have to give it to this year as far as being at that on that end because Tears of the Kingdom for Zelda, everybody was going to give that, even as far as all these other games that were scored highly, Oh, that game, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, was going to be the number one game, regardless. Game of the year, hands down. All of a sudden, Diablo 4 comes out. All of a sudden, you've got what's coming out here with Baldur's Gate 3. You've got other 9 and 10 games that are out there constantly being scored. This has been a fantastic year for video games. I will not tell anybody different. And Baldur's Gate 3 could surprise a lot of people when the end of the year wars are done. Yeah, I, I think it's going to. And what, as a D&D player, what's making me a, a little uncomfortable in my chair, if you will, um, is that um, I think that this is the vision that I think that Wizards of the Coast has for what they want to turn Dungeons & Dragons into. And I think that um, moving D&D into this fully realized digital space or even an augmented reality kind of space um, I, I really do think that they've kind of said with these changes that they're making to D&D that that's what's going on. So I'm sure they're looking at the success of Baldur's Gate 3 and going, yes, we are absolutely right in the direction that we're going to take our tabletop game. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA... Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, even for me as someone who has been allergic to a point and click adventures and also strategy games, you know, I just, again, it's just, I shake and I quiver when I see them. Yeah. I'm kidding when I say that, of course, but <laughs> um, this looks like something I want to go ahead and delve into. Yeah. This looks like something that even though it's not a free roaming, you're just moving around hack and slash or first person shooter or something that I could just go ahead and turn my brain off and do this something, this looks like it's just going to overwhelm me, but in a, such a good way with so many different things thrown at me and maybe even reignite my full blown love for Dungeons and Dragons that I once had when I was starting to play with you mm -hmm. and Roger and Robbie and the whole crew back in 2020 and 2021 when I was really into it. Yeah, no, for sure. I, it may do that. It, it might answer that for you. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, everything that I'm seeing is, is all good stuff. As a D&D &D player, it makes me a little bit nervous because I, I, I'm, I'm can, maybe this is going to date me. Maybe I'm becoming the old guard that's like, get off my lawn. But I, I do worry about the magic of, Dungeons and Dragons being taken away a little bit by all of these digital platforms and digital tools and stuff. There truly is something about sitting around the table with your friends and doing goofy voices and having little miniatures of your characters that you move across the map and stuff like that. There, there truly is something magical about it. And um, I, I know that the world is becoming more and more digital and stuff like that, but I, there's just something about that magical analog around a table experience for Dungeons and Dragons that I think the digital platforms just haven't figured out how to make or recreate for us yet. 
Okay, Clint Eastwood in El Torino or <laughs> Gran Torino. No, there it's true. Like I, I get all cranky about it, and I, I really yeah, should do. because I should things... call you Gran Torino now from now on. <laughs> just Gran Torino. Get off my lawn. Right? Get yeah. Off. No, it's it's just one of those things, you know. As you as you grow and as you age, for all you young folks out there. Um, there, there will be a time where you'll see the things that you love begin to evolve and change without you. And you'll reminisce a little bit and you'll get kind of sad because there'll be generations that never will experience it exactly the way that you did. And, and you know, it's, it's sad to me. Well, that's what your husband did for. You know, you can <laughs> go ahead and cry on his shoulder or just give him a nice little pop on the arm and go, ow, what was that for? Yeah, just because you're here and I needed to do that. Oh, right. okay. It's, it's because our great great grandkids will never sit around a table to play Dungeons and Dragons. Back in my day. Uh, what my, else could as, it be? <laughs> as my youngest says, back in my day. Yeah. There you go. Dad, you're dating yourself again. Uh, yeah. All right. And my other daughter says, oh, yeah, Facebook is for old people. Well, thank you. Yeah, Appreciate awesome, you awesome. That. I, I remember I when it started and you had to have a special invitation to get access to it. Exactly. Yeah. So what's your thoughts out there on Baldur's Gate 3? The hit video game for PC is scoring up so many fans, players alike, and it hasn't even hit consoles yet. It's just about ready to hit PlayStation, and it's going to hit Xbox soon after that. So what are your thoughts out there on Baldur's Gate 3? Are you trying it? Are you playing it? We had on for a great interview just before it came out, Jamie Sweet, that's on the YouTube channel right now talking about Baldur's Gate 3 and you know he's already played like 70 80 100 hours of it so your thoughts on Baldur's Gate 3 please let us know you're gonna try it you might like it let us know your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well before we hit the break my friend Ahsoka debuted this week with not one but two episodes on Disney Plus and you were so proud. Mm -hmm. I could almost sense you patting yourself on the yep. back, mm -hmm. you know, as you were saying this to me, as you're DMing. Gerald, I did my homework. <laughs> I watched Ahsoka. Both episodes did not fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I actually watched them both. And yep. I was like, oh, that's really good. That's really good. All right. Episode two is only like half hour. It goes up just by <laughs> like that, as far as the, even though. The pacing of the shows themselves, and we have a situation that, you know, you know me with what I said before about one of the other Star Trek shows, a uh, Star Star Wars shows. Star Wars shows got Star Trek on the brain with Star Trek Day. Star Wars shows, such as we've talked about before, with uh, the Book of Boba Fett, where I called the Book of Slow Boba Fett. Uh, well, Obi Wan came out. That wasn't much faster but that was okay uh, i know that not too bad and or blew me away mm -hmm. absolutely incredible show and then you have a slow -ca, which gets back to the pacing get that a slow -ca. really you don't like it no i i said i thought it was okay so far i like i'm not i was not huge into the clone wars series i did not watch all the episodes so that's a that's a precursor to everybody out there. They're trying to catch you up to speed with what's going on in, you know, or what went on at the tail end of the Clone Wars. And if you weren't interested in the Clone Wars, it's going to take a little while to get into it. But it does move a little bit slow. A slow gut. 
So I ask you your dirt thoughts on this as someone who may have caught more than I did on The Clone Wars. How are the first two episodes for you, for Ahsoka? Okay, so maybe I'm coming from this from a, a bit of a... Um... I, I'm going to use the word privileged, but I, I, that's not what I mean. But, but I'm coming from it from a, 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 a different perspective because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. So um, I didn't even realize that it was happening during the Clone Wars. Like that that's how out of the it's timeline. A, about, it's, it's years after the Clone Wars. Everything is settled. Yep. And in okay. fact, if you saw in the first episode, they were put, giving a ward mm -hmm. as a remembrance of what mm -hmm. happened after the aftermath of everything was done. Uh, so that was pretty much what, what you see there as far as the aftermath of the Clone Wars. This takes place a little bit after the episodes of the Clone Wars took place. So, But still, it helps if you actually knew it religiously as far as that show is concerned. If you didn't, it takes a little bit to pick up and understand and get with, but you can get with it. By the end of episode two, it's a little bit easier to get into. It just seems to me like the pacing, again, it's trend. it trended towards what we saw with the Book of Boba Fett and outside, but the content itself, the conversations itself, the characters uh, are, to me, are, are fresh because I didn't see seven seasons of, of the Clone Wars. So to me, I like that aspect of it. It's just that when you have these type of, of shows when it concerns Star Wars universes that are not directly in 100% what we've seen already. It's just taken me time to develop and see what I like and don't like. I love the world of Andor. Love the way they go ahead and, and, and captured me right, right in my face right there. It's not that it was like super speed or, or the pace was really high. It was just something that the acting really, really got to me. This one, everybody seemed to be like laid back, reserved, because again, it was the, already the, the end of the Clone Wars and it just seemed like it's going to take a little time for to get them back all energetic. And, uh, you know, I guess when Thrawn arrives, General Ad with Admiral Thrawn arrives, that's probably going to speed things up and get things going in a direction I want it to go. Sure. I, but, you know, as, as a, I'm going to call myself a casual Star Wars fan, um, mm -hmm. you know, Grand I, Admiral Thrawn, by the way, I've really just been enjoying it. I, I've, I thought it was great. I've enjoyed the the fight sequences. I thought they were beautifully choreographed. I thought they were very well done. Uh, you know, hats off to Rosario Dawson for all of yes, that. Work, she's kicking you know. butt. She really is. And yeah, you know, her performance alone might be what I'm enjoying so much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I like this. I've on personally, I like this more than I liked Andor. Really? Wow. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it, but yeah, that's where I'm at with it. No, really, that's your it's your opinion. Absolutely. Really, I just think really everybody everybody just seems so laid back. Right Maybe now. that's what I'm enjoying about it. Finally, reserved. Like, yeah, reserved. like you, you know, people keeping their cards close to their chest seems mm -hmm. to be a major thing that's happening a lot with you know a lot of the characters. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm just I'm enjoying the ride, man. Nothing wrong with that, young lady. So I will say this, though. When it comes to Ahsoka, uh, you know, two episodes in, uh, I thought that was very interesting that they wanted to drop two. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on this, especially concerning the fact that, you know, content is going to be at a premium here upcoming for all these streaming outlets. Wise move to drop both two episodes. Uh, wise move to drop two episodes both at the same time. 
for Ahsoka? I think so because um, the the these shows from Star Wars have been so hit and miss, more miss mm-hmm. than hit. I think. Um, I, I think it was good to drop a, a really solid first episode, but then to drop a, a second one that you know continues to to build. I don't know. I feel like there's momentum that that is once it gets going, it's going to be a freight train. I don't know why I feel like that, and I could be wrong, but that that's how I feel like the show is going to to evolve as it gets going. Okay. Again, I I I, I like what I see. I just <laughs> want to make sure. I want I want to see a little bit more. Yeah. So I haven't said I haven't just doesn't have a uh, like a stale taste in my mouth like like the book of Boba Fett did at the end of the day. Uh, And it took the Mandalorian to come in and save the day for the show. So I want to actually see a little bit more from Ahsoka before I make any judgments. But I think the series itself will pick up once they get to and, you know, he appears Grand Admiral Thrawn. So I'm looking forward to that part. Uh, but Devotions here says, hi, Joe and Melinda. Great to have you here. We're talking Star Wars Ahsoka before we hit our first break. So I think we'll tell you right now, Melinda, is that once Grand Admiral Thrawn, it's funny, it's because it's actually Mads Mikkelsen's brother, Lars, who actually played the role. In fact, most of these roles are from the actual you know, series, the actual series itself. That I love most of all. Yeah, I think that's great and genius. And, you know, because then you have uh, actors who already understand the characters and you don't have to uh, go ahead and, um, you know, just have somebody try to reinvent the work that's already been done in an animated series. So I I love that. I think that's very smart. For all the fans out there that have watched Clone Wars over the years, They've always imagined what could have been like if it was made into a live action feature. Well, now you got it. Now it's been realized. And I'm hoping it's bring a lot of people's fantasies come to light in a positive way. And I would say it's going to succeed on that if it hasn't already for a lot of people. So what are your thoughts out there on Ahsoka? You know, I said it right. <laughs> did you think it was Ahsoka or did you like it a lot? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go here at the PC Multiverse. Thanks again for watching and listening. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, who's going to be telling you at the end of the show what she is up to and all the damage that she's causing out there in the world of tabletop RPGs and streaming and probably wreaking havoc on her own husband right now as far as what he <laughs> has to do and take care of on a weekly basis with all of his great stuff that he's got planned along with Melinda. So you're going to check that out in the end of the episode. But my friend, did you do your homework again? Of what was announced at Gamescom. Jeff Keighley, he was not my favorite cup of tea. Let's just put it that way. I actually wrote an article, uh, not not too pleased with him, way back in the day for GameSource. Uh, over the years, I've, I've not exactly liked what he's done. I think he's just put it more as far as himself than sometimes the video game scene. He puts himself in the limelight instead of what the industry as a whole. But 
over the years, I've kind of softened my stance on him. And I, I think that, you know, with his latest Gamescom press conference where he brought a, out a whole bunch of publishers, he let, he was more in tune with putting them first and foremost, not just saying, here's all my friends, let them come announce their games type of deal. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on what went on in Gamescom? I'll run down the list of bullet points as far as which games announced that we're really into. So your thoughts on Gamescom as a whole? Over 100,000 people are in Cologne, Germany right now to check it out. And I'll tell you what, it's the biggest game show of the year. Sorry, E3, but there's a lot of good stuff that was announced at Gamescom. So Gamescom, that's, they've been, they announced the Star, Starfinder game there, right? Are you talking about Starfield? Yeah, Starfield. Thank you. Yes. No, so, well, Starfield was announced a long time ago. Starfield's right. actually going to be coming out on the 6th. Uh, okay maybe if, that's if, what maybe that's what i saw if you pre-ordered it for the first they did a presentation at the very beginning right with uh piano for the music theme and mm-hmm. then they had a live action trailer which i absolutely do not like when both playstation and microsoft do that i'd rather see gameplay trailers right instead of like live action trailers that i will forget about the second i see them but then again they did and they showed us only in a small presentation a little bit more added gameplay of it. But I'm excited. I'm already hooked. I'm already thinking I'm going to play 100 hours of it. I already know what I want to do and where I want to go with Starfield. It looks like it's going to be a major hit. How big, I don't know. But this is something Xbox is banking on. So obviously that was the first point of contention. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, we got an extensive look at that. You know, that's that's another long line of, of Call of Duty games. Obviously... This is harkening back to the Modern Warfare 1 and 2 days where there's a lot of stuff going on, especially with Markov, who is the main villain in those games. And if you remember the controversial No Russian level that really had a lot of people up in arms, that character, that evil character behind all that is being brought back into this. So that looks like something I might actually be interested in well, and I haven't been interested in Call of Duty in quite some time. A lot of good stuff that was either shown off or announced Mortal Kombat. We got a bigger look at that. Tekken 8, we got a uh, a future release date for that. You know, it's coming to different systems out there. So we're looking forward to that. Just a lot of good stuff announced. Anything else before I go ahead and do the rundown list of what was announced uh, appeal to you? No, I, I think that you uh, you kind of you checked all those boxes there. I'm I'm glad to see things for Modern Warfare going back a little bit. I am terrible at the modern warfare games. I'm I'm just bad at first person shooters and I'll kind of miss a little bit having somebody to that I can watch play the game. So I guess uh, that's what Twitch is for, but I I'd want to see somebody play through the story. I I've always felt like the stories for modern warfare were incredible parts of those video games. And um, you know, if anybody just got modern warfare and plugged it in and went directly online and started to play online, do yourself a favor and go back and actually play through the game. It, their their storylines are so good. I think they're fantastic. When it comes to Gamescom, uh, Alan Wake 2 was shown off more in detail. This time it's Alan Wake's character that was shown off. Cyberpunk 2077, a game that you are familiar with, Melinda. Yep. That is shown more off with the Phantom Liberty DLC or add-on part that you want to talk about that got a great new look and a lot more features and that's going to get a huge update alongside of it even if you don't buy the dlc so want to make sure that you know that sonic came out with a you know a couple different variations of games coming to both console and mobile also as well 
the Assassin's Creed Mirage and also Assassin's Creed Jade. That's Jade is coming out for mobile, Assassin's Creed for consoles. So that's something, again, if you're really into the Assassin's Creed series, there you go. A lot of good stuff that was announced and a lot of good stuff that was talked about. I, I think that there's a lot of things on the way that you're really looking forward to. But it just showed me overall, Melinda, when it comes to Gamescom, with E3, I'm not going to say they're fully dead, 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 dead. But with probably the likelihood of not coming back for another year or two or three, Gamescom is going to be the major video game event for gamers each year. Yeah, especially since PlayStation and Xbox don't seem to be playing friendly anymore, uh, not even for the sake of a public appearance. Um, I would say that uh, E3 may be languishing. Kurt Affair is also asking about the new PlayStation Portal handheld, which was shown off physically in detail at Gamescom. It's actually there. There's several videos out there with, with IGM, GameSpot, several others actually getting hands-on time with it. I remember my time at CES where I got that sneak peek and hands-on time with some of the different portables out there, like the Vita I got hands-on before it came out, a PSP, same thing. So I know the PlayStation Portal is something that I think a lot of people are interested in it, but the problem is it's not a separate system where there will be separate games, plus it will be able to stream PS5 games. Its only purpose is for you to go on the road and stream PS5 games. Yeah, I mean, that's if, if that's its only purpose. Like, so wait, there's no, there's going to be. There's no game specific for it. It's not a Vita. Because remember, the Vita could stream the, the, the PlayStation, was it three or four? I forget. They could stream games, but obviously there were a line of games specifically for it. Right. The PlayStation Portal. It's just, it's not, it's like a drone handheld where it will only go ahead and be a receptor to what you're doing on the PlayStation 5. As far as you can go ahead and play your PS5 games offline. It's like, it's like you're taking your mobile and you're playing your games on your mobile. And that's what it's doing. It's not actually you buying separate games specifically for that Sony handheld. Gotcha. It's only serving as a conduit, a streamer for whatever you're doing as far as PlayStation 5. Let's say you're playing, let's say you're playing the new Spider-Man 2 game. Okay. And you're really enjoying it, digging it, but now you have to go on the road. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Robbie's telling you, we got to go to National Cinema Day. Once again, hey. we're going to go to the theater and whatnot. Yeah. On the way, you want to play some more Spider-Man 2. You can take that PlayStation Portable and then transfer your game over and play it off that. But there will not be a game where you go buy at Walmart or whatnot. You can buy like a disc or whatnot, or even a little small memory chip of a game and put that into the the playstation portable itself. it will not do that it will only be a digital streaming whatever it is that you buy on your playstation 5 you'll be able to play on your playstation portable i mean i i guess that's okay but it's very specific uh kurt affair says is it just a glorified tablet in in some ways it was it's yeah. just it, it's just a conduit it's kind of like you know just like smart television is going to play xbox games pass uh, and that's the goal is to have every smart television be the capable, you know, have, be capable of doing that. It's mm -hmm. only just going to be the end result of what it won't be able to add new games directly to it outside of, you know, downloading digital, any games that you're going to have to purchase or whatnot, actually just going to go through your Xbox uh, live, the cloud or through your Xbox series. 
and then you just play it off of there and stream it to your television. You stream it directly off your television, and that's how you're going to play it. So that's basically what it is. It's a conduit. It's it's something that you know. It's not a full fledged you put in games and go type deal. It's right. something where it's going to take whatever you have on the PS5 and make it portable for you. Gotcha. I don't. Yeah. I don't know that. I mean, I'm sure that it's it's going to be of interest to a lot of people, but it, it, I don't think that that's really of interest to me at all. Really. Kurt, I remember that Uncharted Vita game. I loved it. I absolutely. I had a Vita, and I loved it. Absolutely, I missed it dearly when they didn't. And they stopped supporting. It. And that's something I, you know, I'm very skeptical that they will continue to support it because any peripheral that they've had that's not named PSP. They've really stopped supporting it uh, before, in some cases, before their time was up. So I do not hold hope that they will support this continuously, you know, unless it may be, you know, the PlayStation 5 generation, they may recept, you know, be acceptable of it. But yeah, I'll have to see it to believe it. So we'll see what happens, my friend. But yeah, that was on display at Gamescom. Uh, I know the, the Condor saying the iPad has a lot of gaming potential, but it hasn't been exploited to its full potential. This is true. Uh, and that, that goes for Apple as a whole. And I'm sure that's something that they're going to be talking about even more because Apple Arcade has been a pretty good hit for them. Lifted says, I want the Game Boy to come back for nostalgia. We'll talk about some nostalgia before we head on out with Atari. So that, that'll be coming out. And hi, Octane. Last question before we hit the break. Is Grand Theft Auto ever coming back? It has to. It's worth I'd too much say, money to not. I'd say 2025, earliest fall. Maybe 2026, yeah. mid or spring. I don't know. Uh, that's that's my guess. So, yeah, they're greasing it for all that's worth. They're just putting out Red Dead Redemption right now on, on what was it, Switch and uh, PlayStation, charging you sixty dollars or fifty dollars for it, for a version that was made for the Xbox 360 and PS3. They're not even upresing it or you know doing anything fancy to it. They're just throwing it out there. So. Yeah, Rockstar just likes making money because they know they're going to sell that. They can put out the oldest version of it and they're just going to make money off it because that's what they do. Absolutely. But yeah, GTA 6 will be coming out, but it's just not coming out anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Endorphin, last question before the break. Just curious, do both of you still have your old DVDs, VHS, and CDs, or are those tossed? I do have some CDs left. I do have some DVDs left. VHS tapes, I might have one or two, but uh, outside of that, I don't really have a VCR anymore to play it, so... I had a I had a pretty extensive DVD collection at one point, uh, but when I when I moved down here to Vegas from Nova Scotia, it uh, it was definitely uh, gone through, and a whole bunch of stuff was, was donated. I kept a few select titles, and hopefully, I'll be able to get some of my stuff down here to Vegas eventually. That would be nice. <laughs> but yeah, I do have happens. a few I do have a few DVDs kicking around, but really, just like my absolute favorite movies. There you go. So what are your thoughts out there on Gamescom? All the big announcements. Uh, there were a lot more on top of that. Please let us know if you had anything specific that you enjoyed seeing, something you wanted to see but didn't get a you know chance to go ahead and check it out, or something that you wanted to see that just wasn't there that you kind of really are mad about. Please let us know your thoughts on Gamescom. Again, it is now the largest industry-wide video game celebration that's out there. It's taking place right now in Germany. If you're enjoying it, please let us know if you stop by Gamescom this year. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. 
If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we head on out, we mentioned nostalgia. And wouldn't you know, Atari, which flopped about, I'd say it was about two years ago when they tried to bring back a Atari-like console because they were feeding off the nostalgia from what the mini uh, genesis and then the mini nintendos that came out right around a hundred buck mark so atari says okay we're going to go ahead and bring out a 500 atari and see how that works and unfortunately it got over as well as mud so it didn't do very well at all I guess what happened was they started to go ahead and had a new change in ownership after that. Some things happened. They put out the 50th anniversary collection on a lot of platforms that are out there, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. I rated it extremely high. One of my best pop culture things of last year. I had a chance to play it and extend it. It does bring that nostalgia back. So wouldn't you know, they've been feeding off that nostalgia so much. Not only do they have an arcade one-up machine on the way, with a 50th anniversary celebration. But Atari 2600 Plus is on the way as well, which will give you an exact replica of the old Atari 2600, except in the back, it's going to be able to, you know, attach to HDMI. So be able to go ahead and put on modern televisions. You'll be able to go ahead with the old school controller and still get frustrated by that. But it will come with 10 games only. 10 games, a 10 and one cartridge is being put on it. You can also buy the old cartridges and still be able to go that. So go ahead to our good friend, Retro City Games, which we just had a commercial for, which you just heard during the break. So your thoughts on Atari 2600 Plus, it is only, I think, 129. I'll check for the price on that for sure, which I think is a lot smarter. Do you think this could be a lot better despite the fact it only comes with 10 Atari 2600 games? Well, I mean, it, it comes with 10 games, but if it's, you're able to to play the old games that you may still have kicking around in the basement, but no console to play them on, you know, then I can see the interest in it. And I, I like that price point. Yeah, the price point is good. I'm going to confirm that for you, but do, do you have, did you ever get a chance to play the 2600 back in the day? Oh gosh, I I really can't remember. I would have been like just, I'm sorry. I mean, I would have been like just a little bit too young mm-hmm. at, at that point. I I remember playing a baseball game. It and you see it in the Princess Bride. Like I specifically mm-hmm. have memories of of that game. But other like than that, that yeah, other than that, I can't say for sure a hundred percent. I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you right now, I was the happiest kid alive. <laughs> I had already had a, a Pong system back when I was a kid, but my dad took me down to an old chain of department stores called, I think it was the Treasury, something like that. And we went into the store and he took me to the side of the building where they had the electronics. 
and he got me the the console with the box, the 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 iconic box, the whole thing. And I was trying to carry it. I was still so small. I could barely hold up to it because it was, you know, heavy for me at that time, but got a chance to take it home. I played it like crazy. Absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, it is a refresher of that. You can still find them out in the wild, like our good friends at Retro City Games. But if you want to get the updated version, it will be available for $129.99. It is actually now available on Amazon. If you go ahead and type in Atari 2600+, Plus, it is available for pre-order. And wouldn't you know, Melinda, it's coming out just before the Black Friday season on November 17th. Uh, I don't think that's very surprising. <laughs> Absolutely. So I will tell you that the options as well for you can get a two paddle controller plus a four game bundle for another 40 bucks. There's also Mr. Run and Jump coming out for for 30 bucks more. So you, you're going to see a lot of bundles like that based off of an Atari cartridge, probably in that neighborhood. So be prepared for that or just head down to your local game store or free in our Las Vegas Henderson area. Retro City Games. Check out there because. Those games will work on that console. So looking forward to seeing what people are going to be talking about when it concerns the 2600 plus. Do you want to play the Atari 2600 plus? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. It was not a Montgomery Ward. Or I was a general manager of a Montgomery Ward in Las Vegas here before they closed it down. But yes, no, I actually, when I was a kid, it was uh, actually a, a, a store chain that is actually long, long gone, long ago. But I will tell you before we head on out, my friend, uh, I do want to go ahead and mention Star Trek because Star Trek Strange New Worlds just ended its second season. As I talked about with Josh, he gave him the hard sell. He's actually committed to going ahead and checking it out. I said that season two had a little bit of ups and downs compared to season one, but it was still the highs were extremely highs. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were very good overall. It was pretty good for me. It's still going to be maybe on my best of. Uh, it's like going from a nine to an eight, let's say overall for a series. But there were some really good episodes in it. Well, Star Trek what day was announced for upcoming here in just a few couple weeks. Right now, I think it's coming up as far as to celebrate the anniversary of the original series debuting. I think if I remember correctly. So. Sounds right. So what are your thoughts on Star Trek Day 2023 and September 8th? I do know that there are going to be not one, but two episodes, the first two episodes from the first season shown on broadcast television on CBS of Strange New Worlds. Among other things, there's a special site that's involved that's going to be actually showcasing a special video and celebration of all things Star Trek. Your thoughts on Star Trek Day 2023 coming up on September 8th? Okay, so I I know that they're they're making a, a hullabaloo and they're putting the hullabaloo on Paramount Plus. And I know they're showing two episodes on like broadcast television. But why don't why why are you not putting the hullabaloo followed by two episodes on regular television? Why are you not giving strange new worlds? They are putting the first two episodes on CBS. I know that's what I'm saying, though. Like it, 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 the, but I want all of it. It should all be there. It's Star Trek Day. If you if you own the IP, then own the IP and celebrate it. Don't hide it on your streaming service. Put it out there for everybody to have access to it, and maybe I don't know, get a couple of new subscriptions out of it for your 
you know, your streaming service. Or maybe you'll see that there are enough people who are interested in Strange New Worlds and maybe you'll give it a chance. I don't know. Call me crazy. But I, I just... I have such a problem right now with Paramount and, and the way that they're, it feels like they're just shilling off Star Trek to their streaming services. And I don't know why I've, I've, it's, it's bothering me on like a personal level, like it's starting to feel personal. Well, this is right now, according to Nielsen, you know, they're, they're kind of backdated. They can't show instantaneous or this week's, they it actually dates back about three or four weeks but their latest reporting is that three or four weeks ago, people were watching it more than anything else on Paramount Plus. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't. I mean, I'm clearly not privy to Paramount's business plans <laughs> or what they have going on. Maybe there's a very good and very logical reason for why they're keeping it on a streaming service and, and not taking something that could be a massive hit show for them. And putting it on traditional television, I, I don't know what the barrier is there. I don't know what that is. Um, but so it's... let me ask you this. So let mm -hmm. me ask you this then. Mm -hmm. We there is the two episodes, the first two episodes. We saw them try to do the same thing with Star Trek uh, Discovery. Yeah, and it didn't go so well. Is this the last beacon of hope for Star Trek to get over to a general audience? Is this because everything's falling into place with the strikes and your lack of content and this is a real reason why they're doing it. They're not doing it or anything other reason than that, because right now they would be showing their fall schedule on a September 8th. If it was under normal circumstances, let's, let's just put that out there and make the, you know, put the truth out there. The strike is affecting this. And the thing is that it's opening the door for people to get into Star Trek strange worlds because it was so hailed in its first season. Mm -hmm. Is this the last chance for Star Trek to go commercial to a broader audience? Gosh, you know, it it might be the last chance for a long time, really. And that it hurts me to say. It, it hurts me in, you know, the the heart of uh, you know, a 12, 13-year-old who bonded with her father watching Star Trek on the couch at supper time, you know? And um yeah, it just it feels mean and it, it feels very, very personal. And maybe I need to take a step back from that. I don't know, but one thing that I can say for sure is that, um, you know, I've, I've said for a long time on the show that bad Star Trek is better than no Star Trek. And, and I stand by that. I do believe that. Cold when, pizza. Absolutely. But when we have great Star Trek, it should be celebrated. We should be screaming it from the mountains and, and we should be encouraging all of our friends, seriously, to, to just give it a couple of episodes. How many times do you say that to people? I tried, been trying to do that. I finally you know, got Josh to commit. Yeah, I, I talk ad nauseum to people. It's either about Dungeons and Dragons or it's about Star Trek and people are getting tired of having conversations with me um, because I've just, so much of, you know, my my best memories come from watching Star Trek and, and you know, growing up watching Picard on TV and and uh, being aware of the legacy that was Star Trek and as a cosplayer, sort of feeling like I was privy to that and part of it. So seeing it kind of shuffled off to the side like this is just it's it's so sad to me. And it's it's a tragic thing. And I, I think it's an incredibly huge, you know, missed opportunity if they don't. And please don't think that I'm, you know, doing anything to try to encourage the companies from 
making or for keeping the, the strike going any longer than it needs to. But this is an opportunity to put a show that you already have and give it to a general audience while this strike is happening. It's going to give you programming that you haven't had on your television screen. And um, I, I don't know. I just... I'm not saying this is make or break it for Star Trek, but it just feels like it's one of those things that if they can't make it run now with all of the good stuff that they've got for Star Trek right now, I don't know what the point of continuing on with it would be. Good point indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on Star Trek Day and the future of Star Trek, especially with the fact that it's coming back to broadcast television Hopefully not for one time only. Yeah. It is for two the first two episodes of the first season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It is September 8th, 2023, part of the celebration for Star Trek Day, the 57th anniversary of the original Star Trek series being aired for the first time. Go ahead and check out our links on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook for all the info. But please let us know your thoughts on Star Trek Day. Is this the last big opportunity for Star Trek to go ahead and get a global mm -hmm. audience? popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well my friend you rocked it again as no one else does you did a great job again especially when i hit you up with a lot of news i will be again honoring bray wyatt and terry funk on next week's state of pro wrestling with john orlando and i do also have a tv report coming up in the not too distant future from don fobs as well plus josh and melinda we were going to be always doing stuff but Melinda, you've got some things to plug. So any last thoughts before we head on out? Yes. So uh, Vampires and Vitae, our ninth episode of our third season, <laughs> drops tomorrow. And this Sunday, when we're back to the live stream, we're going to be down a player. But all of our characters uh, are going to continue on in the story. And uh, yeah, they've gotten to the town. And uh, the character that I play, Rose, um, her storyline has gotten um, it, well. It's 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 turning quite dark, and it's perhaps darker than I um, intended it to go. But it just feels right by the character, so we're rolling with that. When it comes to Wizards and Wine, we're getting set for the finale that we're going to record on. Let me think. What's the date? September sixteenth. It's a Saturday. Uh, we're getting together. We're going to brunch, and then we're going to play D and D until we're done with the Witchlight. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Really proud of the work that both tables have done for the, for the wild beyond the Witchlight. It's the first real campaign that as a DM, I've been able to run from start to finish, uh, with all of the same players. Um, so it's, it's really exciting, super proud of it, uh, super proud of the tables and, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for everybody to finally get to listen to all of the episodes. We're still kind of behind the scenes getting caught up with a backlog of some episodes for wizards and wine. So those episodes are going to start dropping on a pretty regular basis again. So we're super excited. Vampires and Vitae, Wild Beyond a Witchlight. Please go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, they have such a great time and hopefully you'll be entertained by it as well. And don't forget national cinema day. Don't you forget Melinda, go ahead and grab that man of yours. Take him out. Late night, you said you would. Four dollars, four dollars, four, four dollars. Four. four. Right there for shows across four. the U.S. Go check your local listings and be a part of National Cinema Day on Sunday. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. 
And big shout out to everyone in the chat. You truly make it special for us as well. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.